Mr. Spock, have you ever seen such fascinating creatures like these? Captain, might I remind you that in a first contact situation with new life forms, one must show less emotional response and a bit more logic? And might I add in your case, a pinch more self-control? But these neeks appear harmless, friendly, and perfectly... Captain, might I assume you're ready for a new shirt? Again? And a pair of pants, please. Good morning, students. Welcome to school. Remember, the thought of the day is... Welcome to Ecology 101, the study of the nerd and geek in their natural habitat. I'm Gary. I'm Stephen. I'm Angie. All right. Hey, we got a different cast mix up today, but it's all right. Well, thanks, Stephen, too, with us. And Yeah. Yeah. Rudy had a rock and roll, so yeah. we're going to jump in, and he's brave enough to take on the stand today. <laughs> You're going to make your stand. Yeah. Now, I haven't watched the series, full disclosure, but I have seen the original series, and I'm somewhat familiar with the novel. Okay. Uh, I'm familiar with other Stephen King stories. Yes. Very good. Um, we do want to say before we start um, that uh, this definitely is not, this is a show that um, uh, it is a lot, lot more adult um, language wise and like I said when you get to Vegas it's pretty much Vegas as you would think in the end times right so just prepare <laughs> if you're gonna watch it right just beware and uh, but what ha some really great elements in this so let's go for so Angie th so this is horror why don't yeah. we have you lead out on this what uh, what do you want to start off with the book or what do you want Right, exactly. Oh my gosh. More adult than Stephen King is. <laughs> right. It worked though. It really just everything got amped up and uh I remember mm -hmm. seeing the one the did I see the whole thing? I think I did. I couldn't quite get to the book. I was a little immature. <laughs> I think I could do it now. <laughs> well, I was raised, you know, really strict Christian home and you know, reading certain things you did not read. And as you get older, you know, you want to know about stuff and and you also learn how to filter. You know, you learn how to filter certain things. Stephen King, you know, some things you got to filter. You know, so it's just the way it is. And um, but horror is that this is where we, you and I both enjoyed something together because I'm not a huge horror fan, but it's what you pick and choose. And this one definitely had some good stuff in there. So, real interesting story. Oh, definitely. So uh, the book. I guess we should start. Yeah, with let's the start book the book because that's where most of us learned about captain trips and everything that yep, happened um, right. the original book was 823 pages wow holy cow and then that's the book that i first got and yep. then i received the uncut version oh my gosh and that, <laughs> what some people I, i'm seeing here some people are saying 1152 pages some are saying uh wow. 13 wow so eight pages um Someone even said fourteen seventy-two pages. I, you know, all I know is it was well over a thousand pages. Wow. Um, and I preferred the uncut version. I am in the way of knowing things. I know you feel him. I've read it like twenty times now. Wow. Um, I thought it was a lot more in depth, and you got more information than you did with the 
uh, original version. Oh, so I'd like to know more they, stuff. They yeah. put that out there. Right. Oh, is this a lot more graphic? Is, oh. Yeah, a lot more information, a lot more graphic. Uh, okay. You know, just just really cool. Did they go into Nessa? Did they get it? Go into the like the beginnings of Captain Trips, and they kind of did they spend more? Where they spend more time on talking about? Um, you know, to be honest, at this point, I don't remember. I just remember being more in depth. Okay, gotcha. You know, with the characters more and the things characters. like that. Right, uh, right. It, it rounded it out very nicely. Sure. Um, I cannot give you a blow by blow though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's thing. okay. Why don't you give us like the general? The general storyline, what's going on here? That would be good. That'd be good too, huh? Yeah. It's a long so, story too. Uh, long story, yes. Yeah. Oh, very. Um, the stand starts out with uh, uh, people are starting to get sick. Yeah. And the, some people call it the plague. Some people call it Captain Trips. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's basically an illness that has started to take hold of people. And some of them die rather quickly mm-hmm. from this illness. Which is why a lot of people last year, when COVID became a thing, yeah. even though it started in 2019, we didn't know about it till last year. Um, people were referring to it as Captain Trip oh, and saying wow. that Stephen King predict the end of our world. Oh, you know? gosh, right? Um, but um, yeah, so people are getting this, this disease. Um, a there was a soldier, um, I believe he was army. Um, he fled the army base or yes. the base that he was at. Right. Um, when this virus escaped and he became, you know, patient zero for Captain Trips. Right. So when he escaped, he drove um, to the town of Arnett, uh, Texas, which is Arnett, which is in East Texas, and it's a fictional town. Mm -hmm. But he drove and got a gas station and that's where he died. And of course, that's how the virus got out. Got it. Um, So Arnett, Arnett, Texas is where uh, Stu Redmond is from. He's one of our main characters. And so his town is put under quarantine by the CDC, and everybody, whether they have it or not, are shuffled up into their little containers, you know, where they're monitored, and most of them die, but Stu never gets it, and they can't figure out why. And then, of course, everybody from the CDC then dies, because it's killing off pretty much everybody in the world. 99% of people, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, except for two groups. One is the good group, and one is the bad group. Welcome to the Boulder Free Zone. Stu Redmond. Yep. And it doesn't, I don't remember it ever talking, I don't know if you guys do, but ever talking about the other parts of the world. <sighs> no, they don't. Um, no, I don't think so. I think only at the end of the book they, they hint at a couple things, but. Um, mm-hmm. Did they release it to other countries or something? I don't, no one left the country, yeah. I don't think, right? It was, was it airborne? It was I, airborne, right? Yeah. It was airborne. It's possible. But maybe that's who knows. Maybe they just left. Maybe very localized United States. But uh, yeah, I think I it made for an easier story. Yes, 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 so, yes. Yeah. So the good, the good group start dreaming about someone named Mother Abigail. Mm-hmm. Abigail Fremont. Fremont yeah. her name, Fremont. and they start dreaming about her, and they start gravitating towards Boulder, Colorado. Right. And then the other group of people, the bad people, start dreaming about the dark man, Randall Flagg. Mm-hmm. Um basically the devil yes. um, and they all go to Las Vegas Yep. so the two groups kind of split they end up in where they're supposed to be and then that's where everything really starts to happen and, right. and decisions have to all be made all I know is that we dreamed of her and she was real she brought us all together keep us safe in these uncertain times yep 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 
Um, so here's your interesting. Do you know why they were immune? Do you know why were these people why is one percent immune to the Captain Captain Tri- Trips? You know, I, I think it was just uh, you know designed by God. Yes. What you know the book kind of alludes to. Um, it's it's funny because I I've been telling my friends because I did have COVID. Yeah. And I'm telling my friends who didn't have COVID and they've got all these new new variants of it and stuff and saying you know. You better watch out because I bet us people who had it are going to be immune to this. <laughs> you guys are all going to die, and yes. we're going to be the 1% that lives, like in Stephen King's book. Right. And <laughs> then we have to go on in battle. <laughs> they were, so what they said, what they alluded in the book was everyone who was not normal lived. So they had some kind of ailment, like um, uh, the character oh. that, um, oh, hold on, uh, Stu, if you know, see, Decktop, he, he had broken so many bones and had so many injuries that he had like his immune system was was kind of really out of whack and that's one reason why he didn't get it um his girlfriend she had what was it you could tell she was very smart a lot of a lot of them had like you know like autism, autism or things like that spectrum yes um and uh gosh you know what? i'm gonna embarrass myself because i don't have all the names in front of me. <gasps> i didn't grab everybody's names <laughs> in front of me but uh character wise but um and I know that uh, Tom Collins is it Tom Collins? Not Tom, Big Tom, right? Is that right? Yeah, Tom Collins. Collins, Cullen, yeah. He was special needs, Cullen. yes. And so it's just interesting. A lot of them had, you know, well, you could tell it in Vegas. There were some pretty weird people. In the world that was, they told you it was wrong to want more. Their time is at an end. But um, but the other ones, they were just, they didn't fit in with society always, or they were just off. They were the people who were just off a little bit, you know? And it's just it's interesting. It's kind of like the, you know, the underdogs are the people who just didn't quite make it in the bigger society. You know, they seem like they're the ones that had their final, their day in the sun, you might say, too. So it's interesting. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. So... So though, so two sides are drawn, good and evil, and and then about the show, big showdown, right, comes too. So, yeah. Yes. Great show. And so in the book, I'm sure it went into time, right? This one jumped the – now, I remember that, and we we're talking about the series in the 80s. Yeah. Um, I do remember that one, and it is different, definitely different. I, I want to say yeah. the guy – okay, the gentleman uh, who is blind with the eye – Boy, this is terrible. I should have all the names in front of me, and I do not. <laughs> um, Are you talking about Nick? He was uh, Nick. Yeah, I want to say it might have been Rob Lowe or so, who played the character in the original one too. So it's interesting the different people who played different roles back in the eighties and these newer ones. But uh, that was a good show. It was really good, and uh, it it kept true to a lot of it. But they definitely upped upped it, you know, in lots of ways. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you were correct. Nick was uh, Nick Andrus was played by Rob uh, Rob Lowe in the eighties. And he in I'm his sorry, sorry yeah. nineteen ninety four. <laughs> yeah. So he was deaf and blind in real life, but when he talked to Mother Abigail, he could communicate to her. He was he was normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and who? Yeah. So and Whoopi Goldberg played Mother Abigail in this one. So it's interesting choice in yeah. character. Yeah. And the new one. New one. Yeah. Hundred and eight. I think she was. And then we had mm-hmm. a number of Greg Kinnear was in this one, um, and the gentleman who plays Stoop and in lots of uh, I've seen him. Uh, James Marsden. 
Marshall. James Marshall. Yes. Who's producing this one? Who's who? Who's doing the new series? Through was it through net? No, was it through CBS All Access? Ooh, now you're gonna make me research. Who's <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I know. I know because it has a really good cast of characters in it. Um, really well done. Uh, but in comparing the two shows, I think that um, this one definitely has. Um, and and that one was, it had some in, you know pretty good intense part. I think I think that one followed. It was might have been longer uh, series. This one tended to jump big chunks of time. So because it covers a long span of time. It's right? a long span of time. Oh yeah. So they um, they totally. Oh, my computer's dead. They totally. Um, but it worked though. You know they could jump some things like when Stu met. Um, uh, oh my gosh, boy, it's terrible. You just watched the show. <laughs> boy, I'm really prepared, aren't I? When he met uh, um, his girl, right? They were um, strangers, but then they end up, you know, being together in Boulder. So, and and their whole yeah. trip across the country. The told us that there are two sides. There's the good, and then there's a deep well of darkness. Really, really cool. Just uh, that they could pull that off. Um, and of course, they had to walk cross country to get places. You're like, how long would that actually take from Boulder to uh, Vegas? It's 700 and something miles. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how far things are when, until they have to start walking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are other modes. Yeah, but they. Uh, you know, and I know, Gary, you think that the new miniseries outweighs the old miniseries. And I, I agree with you to a point. To a the point. one thing that really bothered me is it wasn't a linear. Timeline. Yes. And I, I really wish they had done a linear timeline because the jumping back and forth, you I don't think that you got the full no. extent or full weight of what was happening to yes. those characters and how they got to where they got to. Right. You lost a lot. Yeah. Especially in New York. Their trip across, I know some of the characters that were leaving from their hometown, they went into that a lot mm -hmm. more too. Um, especially um, as Larry. I know he was traveling. There was a lot of stuff that happened in between. Uh, but I do remember the stuff from New York and um, all kinds of things. That, yeah. Larry Underwood. How do you know who I am? How do you think? Mother Abigail. Now, was his um, was Nadine, was she in the original one too? Yes, uh-huh. Okay, so same storyline. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Same storyline for Nadine and everything. Okay. And yeah, I really felt that because they didn't do it linear, I felt like Larry Underwood's character was underdeveloped in yes. the Yes. Yeah, a lot. He's the musician, right? And mm -hmm. that music was very important to this whole thing too, because that kind of. I remember the hardest thing about even the old series in the '90s was the fact that you have this humongous list of cast and characters. <laughs> How do you condense that over a long period of time? Right. Right. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it's but we have that capability now. Mm -hmm. Now they could have actually extended this out into two full seasons oh, on easy. Netflix or TBS easy. or anything, you know. Easy, easy. Uh, yep. to, to make it what it needed to be. Right. But I did feel that we, we lost some of those characters in the nonlinear timeline that they chose to do. Right. Franny was the girl. Sorry about that. Odessa Young. Franny was Yeah. It's always something odd about like Stephen King adaptations because it, to to me sometimes they don't land well and sometimes they land really well and it's either someone's tinkering with his original stuff and it lands it better or he gets control over the whole thing. It's like an Adam Sandler movie. You never know what you get. Yeah, it's weird because <laughs> right? there's some where it's like a, you really like the film and then you read the book and you're like, oh, or, or vice versa. Right. Oh, it is hard. Yeah, um, definitely. 
Yeah, consistency. We were Definitely. just talking about that too. You know who threw me off was um, the Randall Flag character because I originally I'm watching going, hey. Because of the other novels. No. Because oh. I thought it was Viggo Mortensen. You know from from Aragorn. Aragorn. I'm looking going, hey, he's really that's a really yeah, that's not him. I'm like, what? I go, you sure? Because yeah, Alexander Skarsgård was it was Scar Skarsgård? Uh, yeah. Ooh, but he 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 look he looks a lot like him. And I was just like, wow, that's a really good total role change for him to do from a mellow character to this, you know. Though he did play he did play Randall Flagg, which we say is like the devil character, the Antichrist. He had a really interesting, like, storyline, how he dealt with his anger. He did not like to get angry, and he did. You better watch out. Calls himself the dark man, but mostly I just see his wolf. They did a good job. Wild, crazy, just man, and messes with your mind, and um, but that, and 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 then Whoopi is the other end. You know, it's just really, you know, they they did a good job of 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 making the stand on both sides. You know, who's standing for good and who's standing for evil. So, and a lot of them were torn, and a couple of them switched. Well, oh, yeah. we know two that switched sides and wanted to take out everybody, and that was crazy. So, that stuff. Now, um, so, Alexander Skarsgård is the son of Stellan Skarsgård, who's a famous Swedish actor. Uh, from Thor. But his brother, from uh, it. Bill oh, Skarsgård, plays Pennywise in yeah, the new Pennywise. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've got a family of actors there. That's they don't awesome. look alike. You, you don't, they don't look alike at all. You wouldn't know it unless you knew who they were. But, right. yeah. Uh, so that was, it was really cool to see. Yeah, but Bill Skarsgård was phenomenal as the new Pennywise. Not to take anything away from Tim Curry. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but now you know we have his brother playing Randall Flagg, and he, I mean, he really outdid the, the role. He did much better than Jamie Sheridan, who was terrifying back in the day. But yeah, I think Alexander Skarsgård played it much. So better. good, bad characters, man. <laughs> there you go. Wow. <laughs> well, this character shows up in other Stephen King novels too. He does. Right. Yep. So that's interesting yep. to see how he's portrayed. Or did they leave room in any of the series for them to tie in other Stephen King works? I know he just tried to tie all his work together recently. You know, so yeah, Randall Flagg is the most enduring uh, villain yep. that Stephen King has. His multiverse. And yeah. Yeah. Right. He's in the Dark Tower. Um, as the, the his name's the man a little black. different, though. Oh, is he the man? He is he's the man, the man in black. In black. He's like I've black. read the Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is him. Yeah. And then I watched the movie later, and I was like, hmm. Uh, so they, I know, yeah. I know. But I know that there was talk of trying to make like a king burst, like to try and link these characters and worlds together. But oh, the, the stand so, is the closest uh, thing Flagg, to the king burst. It also turns out that he is, um, he is uh, the, the Pennywise version, and it. Um, it, it's like all the, evil. That Randall Flag is like the uh, big evil that looms across many of the books. Wow. Um, Oh. And he has so many names. Um, one of them you'll probably remember, He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Oh, yes. from The Children of the Corn. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, yeah. So the, the Stephen King verse is, is filled with Randall Flagg. Right. Um, and what I was going to say, the, uh, the Dark Tower is pretty much, he said that was his magnum opus. That, that's the closest thing you have to the King verse because all the stories sort of converge in there too. So I, that would make yeah. sense that he... He does show up as a couple different characters, I think about, it, but it is Randall Flagg, yep. So, and he does change. He uses the same initials and changes the name sometimes too. But uh, yeah, interesting character. And then you of course have, uh, hold on, 
my computer just went funky. Uh, it's um, is it Lloyd? Lloyd is the one. Lloyd and Fanny are the ones. That Lloyd. Yeah, yep. interesting character. His whole thing too. What a torn. You know, he they saw. See, Randall Flagg. It's interesting because they either see the cornfield, which I think represents uh, the good side, or they'll see the wolf and you know Vegas, or whatever. But a couple characters saw the wolf in the cornfield, which kind of meant that they were mm-hmm. riding the riding the. Uh, they're on the edge, mm-hmm. right? They could have been turned, and Lloyd is one of them, and Nadine was too. You want to puke, son? You go right ahead. I'm fine. Just need a minute. They got they turned, and they wanted to destroy. Well, they pretty much thought they would kill Mother Abigail and all the leaders, so they planned a bomb. So they had all kinds of things that, uh, and I don't know if that happened in the original one or not, but I know they were trying to, you know, blow them up with a big nuclear bomb at some point. And that ending was really interesting, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, yeah, not to give too much away, but the ending is kind of similar. Yes. Uh, in the 2020 as it was to 94. It was still very powerful. It was really good. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Added a couple of characters in there. Yeah. I. The um, oh gosh, we're jumping, but um, it's I, I like the fact that uh, they had well, they sent in spies, which I think they did before, and they sent spies mm-hmm. and they didn't tell each other they were going. And Tom was there, and it was great that Tom, who's a very simple guy, and I don't know if he was in the original one or not, but um, yes, yes, his mind could not be read, you know, so he was like the yeah. secret, he was the one that kind of undid a lot of stuff too. Uh, it's just, and, but it, he he good character. Well, what do you think Stephen King's trying to say with the novels? As far as he's got, he's always seems to get like a good good groups versus yeah. bad groups. He likes to play with post apocalyptic and kind of spiritual. Yeah, he's searching. I think so too. And, and this one, yeah, they really do talk a lot about people with, and they struggle with their faith and where they want to be at. And one of the things is, um, at Miss. Okay, so Mother Abigail was sort of the spiritual leader and she heard from God. She had her doubts too because, God, did I really hear you? There's better days ahead. Death and terror. The dark man grows stronger every day. And soon he'll destroy all who stand against him. But when she went through her whole process and kind of predicted what was going to happen, they did some things out of order they shouldn't have. They did some things in Simpson Spies and did so they kind of messed up the plan. And um, one of the things I think that he brought out of this was faith is um, it's it's in the struggles, it's in the challenges, and it's not always going to work out the way you think they are. But there's a bigger plan, like when she predicted who is going to live and who's going to die. One's going to fall, you know. Um, there's a scene. Well, I guess I could tell them the scene when they captured. Larry, and then they switched out a character, the lady. I think she was supposed to be someone else. The the Indian lady that was with him, remember? Their guide? Oh, yeah. I was uh, trying what to... Is her name? Remember that, too. Yes. Oh, no, it wasn't... Jo- uh, I'm trying to look on her. It wasn't Julie. Um, but she... They both were... Um, they, they... Well, Greg Kinnear, which is interesting. Okay, so three of them were sent. Mm-hmm. Spies. Greg Kinnear has a... He's, <laughs> He's a very like practical. He's almost like the voice of, of 
reason and heart at the same time. So kind of like how faith applies to real life, right? People are terrified of him. Is that all he has over you? Is fear? That's it? And there's a character, I hope I'm not pulling this for you, but there's a character who's sort of like Randall Flagg's right-hand man, real, but he's very um, uncertain about himself and doubts a lot of stuff. And he, he, he got sent to prison because they thought he killed a girl, but his friend did, and he froze. But he was right there, so he never actually killed anybody. So Greg Kinnear calls him because they put him in this, they 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 put him on trial, and he's called. Greg Kinnear's calling him out. He's up against all this whole crazy mob of people, and he calls this guy and says, "You know what? This is all a sham." But buddy goes, "Something that you you don't, you, he doesn't trust you." And he starts putting doubt in him. He starts putting doubt in some of the people in Las Vegas, and they go, "Do you are you falling because of fear?" You know, where's your faith? That kind of thing. So they, they, it starts a whole chain reaction of people standing up for their faith because they, the two of the people were in the pool and they said, "I shall fear no evil," and they start beating them. I shall, and they start filling the pool up. They're gonna drown them, and they chain them to the bottom of the pool. And but out in the crowd, you hear someone says, "I will fear no evil," and Randall Flagg's like, "Stop that voice!" Mm-hmm. But it spreads, and so it's yeah, yeah it's very powerful, um, and that's just before everything goes down. But the, we don't know what to the two people in the pool. We assume they probably died. But they, they, Randall Flagg says, look at those fearful people. And they're very calm and praying. They're trusting God at the end. And I think there's that contrast, right, of evil is destructive and dangerous. And faith is something that will get you through anything. I, that's what I took away from it and willing to give your life for. And it's just interesting. He he. Evil will sometimes tell you you're afraid and blah blah, and they're basically no, I'm not. I'm not afraid of you because I know where my faith is. So it had some. Yeah, his Stephen King plays a lot on fear. Obviously, he does yes. a lot of that kind of stuff. So yeah. it was interesting. Fear, to see faith. How he how he brings in fear as yeah. a, as a motivating factor. Yeah. But when he when people do post apocalyptic stuff, they typically will bring in some kind of what does it do to humanity. So you know, like with people mm-hmm. with the zombie apocalypses right. and things, it's really right. the people that are bad are the ones that are alive, the left alive, and how they're going to treat each other. So I know a lot of the tropes that I've seen with like you know Walking Dead or other types of shows pick up a lot from this particular book mm-hmm. because there's always like another tribe and another tribe, and then there there's yeah. little people going back and forth. Yeah. So. But dealing with the ensemble cast, you know, with these huge cast of characters, always interesting to watch yeah. how they put those together. What did you think, Angie? When I talked oh, about definitely. their talk about his their faith and their stand. I think she mentioned that too, right? About making your stand. Oh yeah. And you know, um, you know, they, they all have to make their own choices and, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, the one thing that got me a little bit about Nadine Hmm. in the new one is that, you know, there's been talk about, Oh, she was groomed by Randall Flagg from the time she was a child. And so she didn't really have a choice, but in the original, it it wasn't really like that. Like, Hmm everybody still had a choice, you yes. know, and, and she made her choice in the end, and that was to, to do the things that she did. Um, and, uh, you know, so I felt like fear played a lot into it, but also choice. Sure. Um, you, you can go to the very end and do things wrong, but then you always have that choice to turn around and make things right again. Yeah, right. And it might cost your life. So I thought that really <laughs> to played do. into it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned fear. Um, you know, that plays a very big role in all of Stephen King's books, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, it's horror. <laughs> you know, Gerald's game, uh, the woman who's she's tied to the bed, or oh. handcuffed to the bed, and she can't get out. Her husband had a heart attack. Um, 
And so she's just there, and, and fear is everything that she goes through in that book and that uh, movie also. Wow. Um, it, you know, the movie It. Yeah, it's uh, all about fear. It feeds on fear, right? Movies, the children and the adults all have this fear, and that's how Pennywise kind of, you know, appears to them. They It takes their biggest oh, fears and fears. amplifies it, and sure. makes it hard for them to survive that. Right. So I think Stephen King always has that, that thing of fear, yeah. and then obviously the idea of faith. You have to have faith in something to get past that fear, but then you also have to make the right choices sure. to get to, to the side of good or the side of evil. Right. Yeah, and definitely had, had that through there too, and a lot of a lot of really great moments, and I think especially as it wound down to the end, is that they, um, Larry and, and, um, and, oh, and Stu too, you know, a lot of things that didn't work out, like he was the leader, but he never quite made it to Vegas, and it was great to see him. I think Tom's the one who carried him back with a broken leg. But the thing is, um, I like the fact that life began again, almost like an Adam and Eve thing, because he and Franny took off and go, they left Ball, Bolarado and went out to see what's in the world. And they had that last little and con- that's new. That's, that's new, new because yes, and they had the last confrontation with Randall Flag because he lo- oh yeah, and you know he got either escaped or I think God sent him somewhere else I have no idea what happened to him that's kind of a mystery right there you shouldn't be here I brought you iron I told you to bring it to the plane my eye for you Because, you know, God brought it all down, <laughs> the hand of God. Yeah. And the way they changed it was. Very Deus Machina. Yeah. And they had a, the little guy. What's he called? The was he called? The little guy at the, the missile? What'd you call him? The the junk man? Angie? Oh, so there? Uh, trash can man. Trash can man. Trash can man. Who loved explosions, and they had, they told him to bring the bomb, and he totally brought it to the wrong place. I have a feeling, though, because he kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have a feeling... That's what he meant all along. <laughs> I think God used that little radioactive man for to to do his because he kept telling the uh, Randall Flag, "I'm sorry, but this is you know basically I'm sorry I had to bring it here." Like he was told what to do, you know, and uh, it's interesting. <laughs> it's like he and God had to talk about it or something. I don't know. Did you, did you get that at all? Did you hear him talk about that? Um, you know, I, I remember the thing that he always said was. Um, Oh, uh, your uh, my life for yours. Mm. Oh, that was the thing that he said a lot, and but he was talking directly to Flag. So yes, you know, I, I think that yes, God used him mm-hmm. to to bring the the radioactive, you know, nuke head. Was it? I, I don't exactly know what it is because I'm not that science. Oh, it's, um, it was a nuclear. <laughs> it was the top of it was a missile. It was a warhead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, bring that back there and you know his, his body is dying and decrepit and just but he's still moving and, and you would think that that would be impossible for someone who is so sick with uh, radioactive sickness um, I, I know there's a name for it but I can't remember yeah. <laughs> um, but he was so at the end of his life but yet you know God uses everybody yeah and even though he, he was a bad character 
uh, he was a bad person, you know, doing the wrong things. God pushed him forward to keep going right. to deliver the snook head to yeah, right. the wrong place. Right. You know? That might have been it too. It was all, <laughs> yep. And then the hand of God showed up and there you go. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The end, the one character, just uh, to go back a bit, the one character that you said they changed to the female um, Native American, that was Ralph Bretner. Okay. Um, was the name of that character in the original miniseries and in uh, the book. Right. So they changed up a little bit. It was good. They added more. You know, strong female characters in there, so that was they would mix it up a little bit, um, and then of course they have one final confrontation, which I think is new with Randall Flagg and and Franny, and they saw the future. Or she, or she basically they brought in, I think the little girl was supposed to be an angel. I think that was in the cornfield. So that was interesting. So that's not in the book, right? That's not in the book or the new uh, the old miniseries yes. from the nineties. Um, it is. It was strictly a new ending. Right. And. Um, a lot of people, you know, commented that this was a, a great new ending because it gave Franny a new chance. You know, it. Yes. Um, she never got to make her stand because she was pregnant, uh, and um, now she had her opportunity to make her stand where she didn't in the first one. But, you know, at the end, also, you know, without giving away too too much, um, it almost seems like there's a possibility for this to go on. But that's how know? the book ended, though, with Randall Flag being somewhere else, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. so there is a possibility in, in another part of the world also. Right. So there's a possibility of something else happening, but we don't know if that's ever going to happen yeah. or if it's just going to leave it like that where it's kind of open-ended. Right. Which is how the book ended, so who knows, right? Like like you said, some of these will just tie it up. <laughs> We're done. But uh, that was good. Yeah. Sometimes King seems like some of the books I like, some of the ones are don't. He does, I, I like his characters typically, but the way he ends the story can be really frustrating sometimes for me. <laughs> Very abrupt. Very abrupt. They're like, okay, we're done with that character. Right. And they all lived. Da, da, da. <laughs> but I, I'm always fascinated with the way he's able to write a character or to yeah. give it a backstory yeah. of some kind and give it an actual trauma of some kind. Yeah, right. And it sounds oh, like this. Yeah, book. and what's funny, you mentioned about his inability to write a good ending <laughs> yeah. or to write an ending that's satisfying. Um, that's actually one of the things in It Chapter 2, uh, the new movie. Uh huh. That he played, you know, Stephen King usually shows up somewhere. Yeah, he's the in, uh, Alfred Hitchcock the, of his own movie film. Or the yep. series. Yeah. <laughs> um, in It Chapter 2, he showed up as a bookseller. He was uh, at a bookstore. Of course. And the, uh, what is it, Bill uh, Denborough? I want to say the name right. Um, he's the, the writer in It. So he grows up from a kid, becomes a writer oh. when he's older. And his critics are always telling him, you don't. You can't ever end a story. You you don't have this inability to write a good ending. And the <laughs> critics are tearing him apart for it. And then when he walks into this bookstore and there's the bookseller and the bookseller Stephen King telling him, you know, your endings really suck. <laughs> that's what that's what happened to Stephen King all this time, all these years. People were saying, wow, your endings are terrible. So it was kind of like tongue in cheek fun that Stephen King could tell that to one of his fake characters. Yeah, you suck at endings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least you can take a joke. Some people can't. can't. Yes, they're fine, yeah. just the way they are. Yep. Well, there you go. Hey, hey, room to grow, right? So there you go. But uh, there you go, man. Interesting. So, yeah, if you haven't seen, you haven't seen this one. I mean, again, I would say, you know, um, Vegas a, is intense. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna wait and see because I mean, there's some things I really like about Stephen King's. There are other things that are a little challenging. Like the the some of the novel parts of it are are very very troubling. Uh, other yes. 
and but the movies I thought were were, <laughs> were, were entertaining to me. Yeah. Sometimes the adaptations of his work become really well, like Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. or something like that. Yep. But uh, and then seeing the two versions of like you know of this of of The Shining, you know, oh, and, yeah. and then seeing Doctor Sleep, the new one, yes, uh, just seeing how they how they piece those together. But uh, watching this stuff is interesting because I never, whatever I think of Stephen King, he's really good at writing characters the way that he shapes them, and I've always admired that. Yeah. Uh, uh, sure. This story had a lot of really, they're all very real developed characters, and uh, I don't know, I think they did a good job of everybody having their storyline. So, and, and their stand, and really well done, too. So, wow, the big monster book. I should channel it, take it sometime. <laughs> is now, is this yes, a. You need to tackle it. Yes. So now, uh, as this series, is this a, a series for television, or is this a, like more of like your HBO Max type of series? What is the rating on some of these so people kind of oh. know what going in? What the, what the it's an R. I'm guaranteed. Is it right? an R? Oh, okay. I would think so, right? And it's a mini series, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nine a episodes. It's like nine episodes long, and it's on CBS All Access. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Which is now called Paramount. What? Did they switch us Got over? It. Yeah. Well, they they merged back again, right? CBS and Paramount. Did you not listen to Patrick yeah. Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> We're all back. I can't keep track of all these companies. So no, I know. I can't keep track of the Paramount, streaming services. Paramount Plus. Right. Uh, wow. But because they made it directly for, you know, a, li- a streaming channel, like much like Netflix, um, they can really do anything they want to. So it's definitely an R-rated movie. Yep. It definitely has a lot of cussing. Yeah. You get to see a little butt. Um, oh, there's a lot more than that. Vegas is pretty intense. Vegas oh, is yeah, yeah very so intense. yeah, so you just have to kind of know no going in, you know. But uh, and uh, yeah, and people, the F word is there. I mean, people get angry about stuff, mm-hmm. and but it's uh, so I mean, it's like anything. It's sometimes seeing that storyline, and then it's like because you know I you know it it is it's filter. I, I would not recommend for young kids. So. If you want no. to filter it no. before you see it, <laughs> so, but uh, um, but definitely, you know, I recommend, you know, what if you haven't heard of this, you haven't watched the stand or read it or done anything with it, you know, definitely watch this miniseries. But go back and watch the 1994 one because before this was all created with Netflix and stuff, we would always say that the stand was like the best, you know, B movie out there besides it. You know, even though with the miniseries when they released on DVD and on VHS, yeah. it was in their own little, you know, it was like a movie. So, it, you know, it really was very good back for the day, too. And oh, yeah. uh, the book, obviously, you have to go back and read the original canon. Right. Well, I remember it was a big phenomenon. Like, I mean, even at the time, there were other series that he was doing, but I remember that series, everybody was watching it because it was like a mini series even then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was popular back in the he's the, the, the mini series. Yeah, his, right? a lot of his series were popular. You know, even when he tried to redo this, uh, the um, when he when he tried to redo the uh, when he was doing the Overlook in his own version of that, um, and that was interesting. Yeah. You know, it was interesting to see what he he never liked Stanley Kubrick's version. Oh, I've never seen that one. When was, that, was that made in the? Uh, it was a mini series. I don't know if it was in the early two thousands or the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, he he did his own version of of The Shining, and and because he did not like Kubrick's version. Yeah. Wow. You know what that yeah. reminds? 
Yeah. We did, and that's the one with, uh, we actually just talked about it the last recording we did, um, the one with Stephen Weber and Rebecca DeMornay. Okay. And that's the one that was actually filmed at, mostly at the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. Interesting. Okay. And what's really interesting about the Dr. Sleep film is it's kind of a sequel to both of those. It takes the hybrids of yeah. both of the book and, and, and some oh, of Oh, wow. And puts, puts the new, and makes it a sequel, but, but not. So it's really clever to okay. me, I thought. It, nobody watched it for some reason. But it was very cleverly made. Wait, the, the, the Doctor Sleep? Oh no, it was great. We yeah, did it. Yeah. We did it. We did a piece in that while back. It just we didn't. Did a podcast on it. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nobody. Yeah. Well, it didn't do well at the box office. That's why. It was good. So very good. Very yeah. a lot of good so elements. So what Mike Flanagan, the director of Doctor Sleep, wanted to do is that, you know, at the end of the book, the Overlook Hotel blows up. There is no more book. Right. There's nothing else to write. And then in the movie, of course, it's still standing. Um, but the the theory or the movie with uh, Jack Nicholson was much different than the book, and Stephen King always hated it because it wasn't what he wrote. So mm. then, of course, they did the miniseries of The Shining with right. Rebecca DeMornay and um, Stephen Weber, but that didn't really get as much traction because the Stephen King or the sorry the Stanley Kubrick one was the one that everybody loved yes. so much. Anybody? So here? what happened is Mike Flanagan <laughs> had just directed Gerald's Game. And Gerald's Game was largely considered the book that was unfilmable because, like I said, woman and her husband go to a cabin, he handcuffs her to the bed, and then he has a heart attack and dies, and she's left tied to the bed. So what could you make a movie without a doubt? But Mike Flanagan did an amazing job with that movie. It's so good. I highly recommend it. Mm. Um, and then, so he had already kind of gained Stephen King's trust, you know? Uh. So when he decided he wanted to do Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining in the book, he wanted to make it a to marry the Stanley Kubrick version with the Stephen King That's version great. and make it kind of so that it, it works together so that you could watch it and it could be the sequel to either the book or the movie. So he had to go and get blessings from not just Stephen King but from the Stanley Stanley Kubrick. The double blessings. <laughs> and he wasn't going to move forward if he didn't get their approval, but both of them approved, and we have now Dr. Sleep on the movie, and it can kind of follow both of those. So he, if, he did a phenomenal job. If he had called it uh, The Shining 2, Dr. Sleep, it probably would have done a ton of money. I really do think sometimes it's just the marketing was really poorly done, but it was uh, when I watched it, it was just really amazing to mix those two and still pull off a really good performance. and. Yeah. And advance kind of oh, what yeah. The Shining is and a little bit more about the lore of that particular power. So I, I enjoyed Definitely. that movie. And I, I, I tell people, like, oh, this is really good. If you're a f I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of The Shining, um, of Kubrick Shining. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, to see that they're marrying the two in the, in, in the, in the Doctor Sleep, I, I yes. was really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, so. yeah. All kinds of good stuff out there is just discovering it, right? Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, and I actually got to watch uh, Dr. Sleep at Estes, a historical Estes Park Theater, which is Estes Park has the Stanley Hotel where he got the inspiration for oh. the signing. Um, so it came out the weekend we were doing a book signing out there. So a bunch of us authors went to the historical, you know, theater there in Estes Park, Colorado, and we watched Dr. Sleep in this amazing theater. That's awesome. And so uh, that was a cool experience in itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, the, as we kind of tie up, though, my so funny, my wife, I had mentioned the show and she first saw the first openings when they show, open, come in the church and you see all the bodies she's like oh, what is this show and then within like five ten minutes she's like uh can we watch the next episode I go it's it's doesn't come out till next week she goes what she goes oh, I really like this and that that to, to, just as you know 
she does not like all the scary, gory stuff. She really enjoyed this show. So I'm like, wow, that's uh, that said a lot because she liked the whole element with the characters, what's going on. And uh, yeah, there's some scary parts to it. But she goes, but but it was, is this Stephen King? I go, yeah. It's like, so you know what? I, I don't know. If you're not a big Stephen King fan, this might be a place to start uh, because there's a lot yeah. in it, right? Um, just, you know, again. <laughs> yeah, you really need to go in and you have to have a strong filter. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Make sure your filters are high. You know, if you can, if you got to zip through, that's fine. But, uh, you know, it's I sort of like The Walking Dead. I'm, I know it's great character story. It's just I don't do all the gore. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, it's just I guess you have to kind of know your 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 uh, level. <laughs> you do. You need to know your limits. Well, yes. that's why you have me. Oh, there you go. She goes, Watch the gore. <laughs> close your eyes now. Now open your eyes now. <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you. Exactly. No, I know. And you know what? It's a genre, different genres for different people. Hey, not everybody gets sci-fi. They go, I don't know why you like this. And I go, well, I tell my wife, like the new Star Trek, she enjoyed it because the characters, they go, that's what it's all about. It's just set in a sci-fi world. They're good characters. So it's kind of like you said, you break down the normies. He uses that word normie too. <laughs> yeah. Tell them the not, not the non-nerds. Okay, this is how it works. You know the rules, <laughs> genre rules. So, well, good stuff. Any last uh, shots on uh, uh, the shining? Anything that you? I'm shining. Sorry, well, I got Stephen stand. King. The stand. <laughs> the stand. <laughs> yes. Oh, anything else you guys wanna? Anything else? The last things about it. Um, they're all out nine episodes, right? I think it is. All so. of them are out. You can binge watch it like we do everything else nowadays. But yeah. yeah, I highly recommend, you know, if you're interested, if you like post-apocalyptic, which everybody loves post-apocalyptic right now, um, give it a whirl, you know, but make sure that you're, you know, try to do all three. You know, do the book. There we go. Preferably the uncut version. Do the original miniseries from 94 and then do this one. Oh, on there you CBS go. Right. You get all the all the parts of this, right? There you go. And it's yeah. a standalone thing. So there you go. And hopefully you enjoy it. So. Great stuff. Well, I'm still Gary. I'm still Stephen. And I'm still Andy. All right. Class is dismissed. The world is now a blank page. And it is there. You must make your stand. Just an idea I had for a commercial for my upcoming book, Chronolosity Fistful of Chronotons. Okay, explain. Well, my main character, Levy, invents a water-based time machine and is in a race against time to save his family, hence the hot tub. So it's just the hot tub time machine? It's not the hot tub time machine. All right, all right. Hot tub makes sense, I guess. But what's up with the cereal? Well, when I was writing the book, you guys kept saying crontons sound like a breakfast cereal. <laughs> it does, actually. That's true. So we're eating bowls full of chronotons in the hot tub with two. <laughs> that's the power of podcasting, Gary. Nobody can tell we're sitting in a hot tub eating a bowl of cereal. All right, all right. So let's, let's dry up and think of a decent commercial for Gary's book. Right. Hey, uh, don't know if you're out there writing a book or have an idea for a book, but 
I'll tell you what, one of the things I found out with putting together uh, books I've been working on, of course, my friend John Pepe, uh, that an editor is huge. Uh, it's like having a co-author, actually, someone who really invests in your work and really gets you, uh, ask you those tough questions and really get your work ready for, well, maybe you're self-publishing or going to a, um, a traditional publisher. Uh, check out By the Hand Editing. Uh, Angie Martin, you've heard her on our show. She's actually one of our hosts now. Has that uh, online, which you can find on Facebook. Great. Uh, re- we've really enjoyed getting to use uh, their service. And I tell you what, um, we're going to keep coming back because they have really, they're great people. They do a great service and it's a great price. So I would encourage you, if you haven't got a chance to uh, check them out, uh, By the Hand Editing. That's Angie Martin. And they have some fantastic deals and prices for you that work with you and be able to help you get that book ready for wherever your journey takes you. So thank you so much for checking them out and tell them Meekology sent you. Thanks for listening to Neekology 101. Thanks, everybody. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button and stay up to date with what's new in the fandom universe. You can find Neekology 101 on Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. We love to hear from our fans, and your input helps make this show possible. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at God Among Geeks, or you can contact us at Neekology101class at gmail.com. We know you have a lot of fandom choices out there, so thanks for including us in your universe. Because we are the knights who still say, Nick!